Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi folks, Tino here. Just before we get started with today's weekly show, you'll have noticed a change in the format with the weekly show now only available in full to subscribers at the Celtic Exchange Plus. You can still enjoy the opening section of the show here, but if you genuinely value and enjoy what we do and want to support us for less than a fiver a month, and you can do so right now at theceltichexchange.com slash plus. In addition to getting full access to the weekly show, you'll also be able to enjoy the pre- and post-match shows we provide for every Celtic game, as well as our special bonus episodes with Celtic heroes like Martin O'Neill, Lobo Moravchik and more. So jump to theceltichexchange.com slash plus right now, where it takes less than two minutes to get set up, and we'll see you back here shortly for this episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. It's been a week dominated by 6-0 scorelines and more VAR madness and we'll discuss it all and much more over the next hour or so. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by Paddy, James and Assam as we cover all things Celtic. Paddy, welcome back after a wee spell away. Did I see you pitch invading yesterday at Celtic Park? <laughs> I was wondering if stewards trying to catch them. Um, <laughs> that was hilarious yesterday. That was so, so funny that the first time, quite funny the second, third time I'm like, right, come on. Fourth time I thought the guy was dead. <laughs> Did you see it? I was uh, clattered them, man. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely well. clattered them. Um, uh, good to be back, Tino. Thank you for for having me back. Um, it's been a long time coming, but I've got a lot to say. Good. Yeah. What was your general take on yesterday? So, pitch invaders aside, uh, decent scoreline, very decent performance. Yeah, very decent performance. Um, someone made the comment, and I didn't think about it until after, and I watched uh, sports scene. Someone made the comment: "There's a lot more fluidity without." Dyson Maeda and the team and I, I hate myself for agreeing with that because I love Dyson but I just thought that that was a, a proper football on display from us yesterday and everyone knew where everyone was going to be and then when you've got those subs coming on as well and and all of them contributing in one way or another as well um, really really good for confidence and a brilliant time for that to happen it's almost as if they've listened to this podcast of us saying what's happening with our subs and they've realised that the January transfer window's coming up and more people will come in and people will leave. So good time for it to happen. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about the wingers because we'll go into it in a bit more detail later on. But there's a general question I'm going to put to you, lads, in terms of Maeda and Abada versus Palma and Yang. Because I think you're right. Maeda brings so much to what Celtic do, particularly from a defensive point of view. And he's just, he's all energy and he kind of leads that high press. But there's no doubt he lacks quality. And when you see guys like Palma on the ball and what he can do and some brilliant stuff by Yang as well, 
that's the kind of entertainment you go to the games for, so there's a lot to be said for it. Asim, uh, you and I have obviously done a few pre and post match shows, but welcome to the weekly show for the very first Thank time. You. How are you feeling in general about all things Celtic ahead of this next international break? Yeah, like uh, I agree with Paddy just there. Uh, yesterday was probably, I would say, probably our finest domestic performance in terms of a full 90 minutes up there with the Hearts away one. Um, the timing of it was brilliant, obviously, on the back of the, the 6 0 Mullen in midweek. Um, so much needed. I think we needed to go into an international break on a high. Um, and I, I totally agree with you. I've I was I seen a similar comment. It might have been the same one. But it's something I've thought for a while that whilst Maida's very effective, I feel like in terms of creation on the wings, you've seen the difference when you've got Yang and Palman. Similarly, last year, I felt when we had Maida and Abada playing at the same time, we lacked that creation. So I think that's something to look at going forward is getting the balance right. Um, because yesterday, especially that first half, it was a joy to watch the two wingers. Every time it went to one of them, you felt something's going to happen. And you don't often feel like that when, when Maeda's there for all the other things he brings to the table. It's something I feel he lacks in terms of creation. But all in all, a really good 90-minute performance um, and really happy with the with the last uh, three goals as well, just to give it the fair reflection, I feel. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think with Maeda, James, you've got that situation where you know all the the attributes he has, you know the good stuff that he brings and the bad stuff, but it's just it's, it is what it is. We've now come to accept it. But there's no doubt that you do have to sacrifice other parts of the game if you are playing Maeda. And that fluidity that the boys have spoken about and that creativity, it's just not his game. He's not the kind of guy, he doesn't have a bit of trickery in him. He doesn't really have, I'm not saying he's got no skill that's offensive, but he's not, he's not getting anywhere near the skill that Yang and Palma have got. And as I say, you want to be entertained and you want to see your wide men do their thing. And yesterday was a great example of that. Yeah, I mean, you and I discussed it at half time because it was so fluid and, you know, to Asim's point, Every time it went forward, either side of the pitch, you thought there's a chance of something happening here. And what you're giving up ties in is all that defensive stuff. But the the comment you and I were making was that well, why didn't you just go and score four goals? Then you don't need to worry about defensive stuff. That's that's what you've got with two attacking skill, you know, skillful flair kind of wingers there, and they both really played a big part. What you? So, no, no, after you, Paddy, you've so, been away for a while. One <laughs> thing I would say about that. He has that, got a lot to say, I, I do, I do. Uh, one thing I would say about that as well on the defensive <laughs> side, you actually seen, it's probably the furthest up I've seen Alistair Johnson for a full 90 yeah. minutes as well. And I don't know if that's more just on the, the confidence of overlapping and knowing what your winger's going to do. Taking nothing away from Maeda and what he gives us, I think there's more hope with Maeda than there is expectancy with Yang. Um, after after that performance yesterday, I still think Yang's got a bit to go, but you're starting to see, you know, what what Rogers is working with him on as well, and that's that's the the hope for me. You're starting to see why the club brought Yang in. I'll, I'll get to his stats and stuff a wee bit later on. I've got some interesting numbers on him, but certainly on the basis of what he brought yesterday, very enjoyable. Just to catch up, I think it's on something you said there, James. Last season and beyond, actually, when it was Jota on the left hand side, Maeda on the right hand side at times. Celtic would just always go up Jota's side. It was like almost the team as a collective decided, well, listen, yeah. Maeda's not going to give as much creativity, so we'll just continually go up this left-hand side and see what happens. Now, or at least as of yesterday, you see two genuine options there, and that's hard for an Aberdeen or anyone to defend because they know there's real danger in both both wings, and it's very hard to combat that when you've got that, that option from Celtic's point of view. Last one I want to touch on, James, before we move on from Aberdeen in general, is a fringe player that you and I have both got quite excited about, but he's not really seen much game time. And it's Tomoki Iwata. He came back in yesterday. He got 10 minutes you know, of normal time. He came on in the 80th minute. Obviously, there was 10 minutes overtime. So 20 minutes to show what he can do. And he showed exactly what he can do, which is just very tidy football. Just recycle possession, keep things ticking over. 
always be an option for his teammates. And I asked you in the post-match yesterday, and I'm asking again, he must be a viable option at times to give Callum McGregor a break. I think it's time now. You know, McGregor's played so much football and his body's just, you know, just telling him it's time for a rest. I saw someone making a comment, I think it was on Twitter or maybe one of the, uh, the forums kind of thing, saying, how hard is it to do Callum McGregor's job anyway? All he's doing is taking off the defence and giving it to the wingers. It's like, right, wait a minute. Wow. Like, I know. Just because you do that out of fives. <laughs> you don't want to run about the park. It's like, it's an extremely hard uh, job. So he, he's basically saying, you can stick a water, O'Reilly. I am the end there. It's like, yeah. no, no. It's got to be quality. But I think a water is starting to show that the quality does it does have and you know a bit more maturity as well. I thought he was excellent yesterday, just coming on. And I get it was a you know, later stage of the game. They're tired. You're a few goals up. But he's still got his job to do. And like you said, he gave the ball away once, which is a lot less McGregor of late. So I think you've just got to give McGregor that, that wee break. Bring him in, let's see what he can do. I, I would say on that as well, just talking about like the players coming in, one that has given me just that little bit of hope again. And I don't know why, because I've just not seen it from him at all. But it was nice to see Burnaby come in. And it, and oh, no, listen to me, hear, no, hear me, hear we me dis- me You need to listen to your post-match, we discussed it Apologies, I've not, I've not, I've been a busy man <laughs> um, But that game yesterday on the left was crying out for someone bombing up behind Louis Palmer and, There he is And at one point you seen Palmer like gesture to Taylor Like, yeah. you need to be there, you need to be in front of me um, I'm excited to see if we do delve into the market in January Or does Burnaby make his uh, final push and try and get in that team uh, Final, uh, final push final, I final. the question though We've not seen him for about six weeks He's no. not featured in any squads Then he comes back with a stunning new mullet And then starts to do all sorts <laughs> of things Down the left hand side um, What was my, oh, my last point So you're talking about how easy it is To step in and do Callum McGregor's job If you listen to the right, post-match That's Paddy, not my opinion I want yeah. to be very clear on that What your opinion is though See the, the volley that James Forrest ballooned over the bar He's like, you and I would have finished that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, speak, oh. speak for yourself. I'm not convinced that. <laughs> that the, the thing we spoke about in the pre-match though was you notice McGregor when he's not there. Yeah. When, when ah. in his absence, you suddenly yeah, yeah. see how much of an impact Especially he has. Especially as a captain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not had a, a great season. You know, there's been a number of games where you're you're thinking he's he's not at it. Um, but I think when he doesn't play, you see us struggle even more. Um, and whether that's a reflection on the replacements not being good enough or we sometimes underestimate just in terms of flow but I do feel there are things now you can see in his game you know he's not as sharp and there's a number of times yesterday watching it where I felt he gets the ball and I feel he could turn quicker and swivel and get the ball moving forward and he plays as maybe the safe option I don't know if that is just fatigue or you know he's been coached into just keeping it safe under Rodgers as well but I thought Iwata looked really sharp when he came on. He looks like he's got an extra added burst of energy. And, 100%. You know, if I don't know if he's bulked up his physique. Yeah. but He's an absolute yeah. machine. There was one point uh, late in the day on the right-hand side where he looked up for the pass and the pass wasn't there, but there was a an, an opposing midfield in front of him and he just burst past him. He just thought, yeah. well, if there's no option on me, I'll just break the lines and see what's there. So no, it'd be great to see a bit more of him moving forward. And if you want to catch the full final whistle show with myself and James, that's available now at the Celtic Exchange. All right, let's. Okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> that is exactly for you, Paddy. <laughs> okay, let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show. This week's results highlight more than ever the different challenges that Celtic face domestically and in Europe. So as we see more of the same old story, is it time for a whole new approach? Beyond that, on Sunday we've seen Yang's best performance in a Celtic shirt against Aberdeen and along with Owen Louis Palmer, they scored four of our six goals on the day. We'll look at how those three particular projects are progressing. Then it's time for the 11th man where I'll try once again to catch the lads out with a famous Celtic lineup. And finally, we'll look at the latest VAR fiascos from Scottish football and the game in general as it continues to struggle to get it right. 
Okay, let's get started by looking at those different results for Celtic home and abroad. Paddy, an absolute tanking against Atletico in the Champions League and then an identical scoreline in our favour against one of the biggest sides in Scottish football. Is this just the way it's always going to be or is there something that we as a club can do to redress the balance? Um, I think we're kind of stuck with this for the time being. Um, we want our club to look at something else, but <clears throat> I think it's, it's such a, a difficult task Um for us to get anywhere near the the level that other other clubs are performing at in Europe, and um, I was listening to Sports Sound at the weekend, and they were addressing. Oh, you've, you've got time for Sports Sound? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, 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 yes, it's got you there. Yes, I do. It was one in the car. <laughs> no, they were they were discussing basically uh, the failures in Europe um, and the Champions League more than anything. And to be fair, they didn't they didn't just leave it to. To Celtic's performance this season and last season they included Rangers in it from last season as well one of the things that they were speaking about though is they kept on going on about the financial gulf um, but also one of the other things that they kept saying on that is that how is uh, Copenhagen getting a result against Man United how is uh, Lons going and beating Arsenal as well and for me I think a lot of it, it comes down to like a culture side as well it, it, I'm 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 looking at uh, looking at the options that Celtic have at their disposal. Who who wants to come and play in this league? We might have the money to go and buy players at seven, eight, nine million pounds, but if they're, if they're getting an offer to be um, relegation battles in the Premier League, they're going to the Premier League. They're going to get more money. When it comes to different areas, so for example, I think that even the setup in Copenhagen, they're looking at what they're getting in that side too. They're looking at the level that they're playing at. Is they're more money in the league, yes. But ultimately, what differences are they getting from what they're getting in Scotland? And I think this is where Scottish football really shoots itself in the foot. The end product is just not good enough. It needs a collective from all teams to buy in and really, really push to try and, and be successful in European football. We've looked at the failures over the last few years with the likes of Motherwell getting beat off uh, League of Ireland teams. We've looked at Connor's key, Connor's key, Pete Commander. We're looking at this is a, a consecutive thing, and I, I think that it's very easy for us just to dub Celtic and Rangers in this. I, I take obviously Rangers running the Europa League, an incredible run, but my God, we, we look at everything involved with that. That's a separate story. For me, it, it is a cultural thing. We were speaking uh, earlier on before the show about, you know, Where's Aberdeen's performance came from yesterday? The fact that we've ran over them 6-0. Are they coping with the fact that they're having to play two games a week? No, they're not. Should they not be coming to a Celtic or a Rangers that are in group stage football on a yearly basis and thinking, well, hang on a minute. How are you guys doing this? How are you guys keeping it up? What's the secret? What are you doing with your team? It's not in any way aiding a rival. It's supporting the brand of football that we're trying trying to put on. And I just feel that there is just no support for each other in that term. And I get the Celtic and Rangers rivalry. That, that's always going to be the case. But ultimately, we need to look at it as a collective and it's failing. The full thing is failing just now. Um, the men's national team is something to behold at the moment and this should start to inspire the younger players coming through. But what we're seeing is, is that even our best young players are getting snapped up by better quality outfits. Look at Ben Doak, for example, and look at the, a, a few Rangers players. I know that there's Premier League teams sniffing around their players. And the same's happening with Aberdeen, Hearts and Hibs as well. 
we're really, really at a crossroads and we just don't have any forward planning from our football organisation to help us out. And this is what's letting us down in Europe, in my opinion. Yeah, any take on that, Asim? It's a few really valid points here by Paddy and I'm just trying to think of the realities of how that would play out. I understand sharing best practice and guys like Barry Robson and stuff, I'm sure, has got good relationships with Celtic and various other clubs. But at the end of the day, how does that play out? And I'm the same. Look, I support all the Scottish teams in Europe, apart from Rangers. Yep. And when I watch it, you know, yeah, I try to back, you know, Aberdeen, I watched Aberdeen and I've watched most of their games, for example. And, and genuinely, I'd want to see Hearts do well in Europe. I, I wanted to see them qualify, just in general, to raise the game and to raise the standard because Celtic would benefit from that directly or indirectly. But at the moment, I don't know, the, the solution seems as, as far away as ever. Yeah, Paddy's takes obviously a more collective one in terms of Scottish football and 100% agree with that, whether it's the synthetic pitches, which I've seen today, um, Kelly might be getting rid of theirs, which is oh, a really good start. Good. But there's a number of things, even just the, the type of managerial appointments clubs make, it's always the same people, same managers. It's just a, a merry-go-round. Yeah, um, and I don't think that helps. Our managers seem to be quite backwards in their in their thinking in terms of their tactics and there is all that but at the same time I do think as a club and if we move away from the collective which I do agree in a bigger picture there's a lot more Scottish football and in general the other clubs can do and ourselves included but if we just look at it from our own point of view have we given our manager or in general over the last decade the right tools have we gone about things in the right way that can maximise our performance in Europe and I don't you know, I know you mentioned the Rangers one and you know it's not something obviously we like to talk about too much but it's a very fresh and recent example and my god they were very lucky in that run but they beat a lot of clubs that we seem to struggle against you know they beat Leipzig they beat Borussia Dortmund and Braga these are the kind of clubs that whenever we come up against we seem to just fall short and I know that was maybe just a one-off obviously they got shown up last season in the Champions League but it does feel that when when we're in Europe, and I spoke about this with you, whether it's even just uh, the, the fan atmosphere in, in home games, it's almost a nervousness. We feel like, whereas back in, you, I remember Gordon Strachan days, Martin O'Neill days, there was a, a collective, I don't know if, like, under Strachan, I don't think that the squad then was any better than it was now. Mm -hmm. The gulf between our, us and maybe the top teams has increased, but there was just a, a collective spirit, a collective feeling that we could compete with a lot of these teams. Nowadays, the Atletico Madrid game I know was brilliant, but it seems like that's the exception rather than the norm. You know, other you've mentioned a few other clubs, Copenhagen, Shakhtar beating Barcelona. You look at Club Bruges. I get that it takes maybe a couple of years of playing Champions League football. So this is our second season. Mm -hmm. You now want to see us progress. You now want to see us getting tangibly better. That doesn't mean automatically qualifying out of the groups, but something. Are we seeing that? I don't know. That's been three seasons now where it looks like you're going into the last game of the group stages, be it Europa League. Champions League last year, Champions League this year, where it could be a dead rubber. For me, yeah. that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the season passed last season under Ange. We get two points on the board, a couple of draws with Shakhtar. And it's very much up in the air, James, whether we're going to do better or worse than that at this moment in time with two games left to play. Asim and I had done, must have been the pre or post match from Atletico, and we spoke about our mental fragility about Celtic in Europe. And I don't mean just the players. I mean across the board. Players, us as fans, you know, you just, you almost go into these games knowing that Celtic will lose an early goal, knowing that we'll have a real bit of bad luck, inverted yeah. commas, whether it's a sending off or a, a penalty or whatever. Um, but as I say, players, fans, coaches, board, you name it, Celtic are fragile going into Europe. There's, there's no getting away from it. Yeah, I was talking to a about this. We, we seem to carry that through different squads, different <laughs> managers, almost like, you know, an heirloom. Here's your uh, Celtic in Europe mentality. Enjoy. Is, is it James Forrest? <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Whoa. Hey, he's, he's been through it all. <laughs> he, 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 McGregor. He's a common he's denominator. Common <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but you know that that's that's like a a cultural psyche within the club, and it, that's just there's no need to take that on whatsoever. You've been listening to the opening section of this week's Celtic Exchange Weekly. Join the Celtic Exchange Plus now to enjoy the episode in full and to gain access to all of our additional episodes. Get set up at theceltigexchange.com slash plus or sign up takes less than two minutes and you can explore it all with our free seven-day trial. As well as full access to the weekly show, you'll also get pre- and post-match episodes for every Celtic game, plus special episodes with Celtic heroes like Lubo Moravchik, Martin O'Neill and many more. It's your support that makes the Celtic Exchange what it is, so help us to now take the next steps as we make what we do even bigger and even better for Celtic supporters just like you. More podcasts, more reaction, more Celtic, all at the Celtic Exchange Plus. Sports Social Podcast Network.